welcome to Singing the Blues. I'm Don Housen. And I'm James Marriott. We've been trying to delay this for a little while, but the time has come for us to do our end-of-season review. And that sounds very negative, because it wasn't a terrible season, but it really didn't end very well. And so we will talk very quickly about the um, the playoff games. I have to say, and, and this is holding my hands up, so I was on a flight for the majority of the away legs, so I didn't see... I saw about 10 minutes of that while I was queuing up for passport control on my phone. Um, and then um, I had COVID during the second leg, so um, I did watch that, but I can't really remember very much about it. So I'm, I'm really relying on, on you here, Dom. But to be fair, I think probably most people that are listening to this podcast will either have been at the at the at the games or will have watched them so probably don't really really need us to say very much other than didn't really turn up yeah that's it a uh, huge disappointment that you know Wednesday had put all that hard work into finishing fourth getting 85 points and you know having a really strong second half of the season and unfortunately the team they didn't play to the level that we know that they're capable of in either leg I thought they were a bit better at Hillsborough that was always to be expected Uh, but yeah the, the first leg it's fine margins and something that Darren Moore has banged on about all season has been defensive lapses and concentration and with both of Sundun's goals in the first leg big mistake from Sam Hutchinson leads to Ross Stewart scoring and that it was decisive that they took a lead you, you knew it was going to be quite tight and I think that you, you have to give credit to the opposition as well that I think you know, Sunderland deserved it over the two legs and you know their big players turned up and Wednesdays didn't. Uh, and I think that's, for me, fundamentally what it comes down to. And it's a sense of frustration, isn't it? That you know they got the goal and levelled up the tie with Lee Gregory. And you're thinking that if it went into extra time penalties, then maybe it, it might be Wednesday's year. But it wasn't to be. Yeah. Uh, and, I mean, if, if, if there's a kind of a period of football that maybe sums up Wednesday season. It was that, that second half against um, Sunderland in the second leg whereby you uh, you have that kind of moment of elation with Lee Gregory scoring and thinking, is this it now? Do we do we push on? Because I actually didn't think Wednesday particularly looked like scoring up till that point. It, it had all been very sluggish. It didn't really seem to be happening. I was kind of expecting... Um, akin to Brighton against Wednesday in the second leg down at their place many, many moons ago, where we you know, kind of more or less come at them, all guns blazing, throw the kitchen sink at them um, and, and shell-shock them a bit. And it, it just didn't really happen, really. It just kind of felt like a bit of a normal, fairly um, nondescript game of football for most of it. And then Lee Gregor obviously scores and you kind of think, is this going to change it? And then, you know, the sucker punch at the other end with... Um, with Sunderland getting getting that winner, look, you know, ultimately they went up. I personally very pleased that Sunderland went up. I think they're a great football club. Um, had some great away days there. Um, obviously, you know, they're they're a huge football club and deserve to be at very least in the second tier. I hope that they would say the same about us in in return. Um, really, that's a Premier League football club. Um, so I've got no complaints at all about Sunderland going up. And I think over the course of the playoffs. They were the best team. They deserved to. Uh, Wickham. I, I didn't watch any of Wickham's games, but they got a lot of stick for like anti-football, didn't they? So um, you know, it's good to see a team that that really do play um, that that ultimately got promoted. So that's good. And we could probably we could probably wrap that up at that point, can't we? Like, do, I, I don't I don't think we gain anything now by pouring much more over those games other than just say it was a huge huge disappointment um you you mentioned sam hutchinson in there obviously um at fault for 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 that goal in the first 
leg. Um, and then he's really been the main subject of conversation for most Wednesday fans over the course of the last week or so because the return list comes out. Um, and, I mean, the, uh, most of it really not particularly surprising. Sam Hutchinson is is the one that is a surprise and has really divided opinion as well and, and, and quite polarised, actually, the, the, the fan base. You've got those people saying, you know, he's been a great servant, but his, his time's pretty much up. Um, and... We need to be investing in some younger players. The the pot of money is not endless, so that means if you want to bring the average age of the squad down, unfortunately, it just means you've got to let go of some players, and, and that means whoever's out of contract is going to be at risk. And then they're saying he had one of his most consistent seasons ever last season. He's been a great servant over his time with the club, arguably the best defender that we, uh, that we have. I mean, we don't have all that many of them now, but... Um, uh, and kind of saying it's it's ridiculous to let him go. If 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 there was another club letting him go on a free, we'd probably be looking to snap him up. So it's it's a tough one, isn't it? There's a bit of a balance there. I personally lean more towards the first of those that I kind of think it is time to get the average age of the squad down. Having an experienced squad and the benefits that's supposed to come with didn't really happen. Like having an experienced squad means that you don't give away silly late goals and you're able to you know defend set pieces quite convincingly. And they were the things that let us down. So clearly that didn't work. Having an experienced squad. And to be fair, last year's squad was a little bit cobbled together, wasn't it? We all know what last summer was like. We all know how surprised we were, actually, by when Wednesday were allowed to sign players. Actually, we got quite a few through the door, and at the end of it, you kind of think, do you know what? It's not a bad squad. But it wasn't a planned squad, was it? It was just whatever players were available that we could bring in and put together a squad to get us through the season. It's different now. Darren Moore's got time this summer to, to really bring in who he wants and do what he wants with it. I think, you know, we, we know from his previous clubs, he's a fan of bringing some younger players in. He'll he'll have a vision as to what he wants to create. Obviously, he feels that Sam Hutchinson isn't part of it, and I trust that. And, and, and it, it feels like we do need some of those older players. It's, it is time for them to move on. And actually, it's time for us to bring in some younger players who aren't... Non, nothing I'm saying here is, is designed to be anti-Sam Hutchinson because I think he's great. But um, what we've got to do is stop relying on players who are past the peak and we need to bring in players who, who will hit their peak with us. Um, there's names knocking about at the moment. People say, oh, why don't we sign so-and-so? Particularly like ex-players, why don't we bring so-and-so back and so-and-so back? And it's like, the thing is, they're all past the peak. They're all past the best. We've got to build a squad of players where a, a sizable chunk of them and not pass their best and will hit their best with us. That's how we're going to build a squad that will push on into the championship and beyond. That's my take. You said, well, you said a moment or so ago that Darren Moore has got time to build this squad. I wouldn't entirely go along with that, James, in the sense that there's only two months now until the new season starts. So Wednesday do need to hit the ground running when the transfer window opens. I, I know where you were coming from. I, I, that, I mean, in terms of the yeah, fact that it, you know, I hope that this planning's already taken place. They already yeah. know who they're going to go for yeah. and, and what they want to do. Like you know, transfer windows yeah. don't start and end on the date that they open. It starts. It started a year ago. They should have started planning then for you know the kind of players and, and hopefully they've been watching them over the course of the season and they know who they want to bring in. Yeah, and you're definitely right that they're in a better place than what they were a year ago where that team did have to be cobbled together pretty quickly due to the embargo, the restrictions that Wednesday were under. And so, yes, yeah, some of those players, let's just say, they weren't the top targets that Wednesday were after. Whereas you'd like to think that with what Wednesday have done this season in finishing fourth, coming close to promotion, that there's a better vibe around the place, that they're a more attractive proposition for players and that they're going to get more of the, what I would call, the first wave of transfer targets rather than, I think, the second wave, which is probably what you know, Wednesday were getting last summer. Uh, so, yeah, I, I, you know, coming back to the retain lace Sam Hutchinson, you know where and how I feel about Hutchinson I, I have been going from one side to the other and yeah Hutchinson was the headline sort of news from the retain list that Wednesday decided to let him go and it there was a really mixed response to it but I really think I agree more with you that Wednesday they've got to look forward and Sam Hutchinson is going to be 33 in August 
the reality is, James, that Hutchinson would not have played 46 matches next season. And Wednesday needs robust players at League One level. They need guys. They've still got too few, for me, in their squad that can't play 35-plus matches in a season. And that is an issue when you're wanting a settled side. And I think the teams that are successful, how often do we talk about it on the podcast? The ones that have settled teams and that you certainly know going into the second half of the season, the majority of the starting eleven, the best team, what's the strongest team. And we would agree... I think that Darren Moore, it took him a long time to get to that point of where you could go, oh yeah, he's got eight or nine bankers in that starting 11. And that needs to happen a lot earlier going into next season. And you, and I've said it before, you just cannot, unfortunately. He's a very gifted footballer, Sam Hutchinson, but you can't build a team around him. And you know that he's going to miss close to half a season and yes, he's played over 200 matches for Wednesday across his two spells, but very few times has he played 30 matches in a season. And I, I, I think if you're a manager, you're looking for reliability. And unfortunately, you just, you're not going to get that from Sam Hutchinson where he can play Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday. And it's a relentless grind in League One. And look at Rotherham this season. You know They had a squad that probably wasn't as big as Sheffield Wednesday's, but they were capable of fighting on two fronts, winning the Papa John's trophy and getting automatic promotion. And so Wednesday are going to have to look at their squad and see what's best for them and how they can really emulate Rotherham in their success. You know, that, you know, that should be the goal. That should really be what Wednesday are looking to achieve for me next season. Yeah. There's no reason why Sheffield Wednesday aren't capable of getting automatic promotion and then looking at a very good run in the Papa John's Trophy. I, I think um, a key point for me... Oh, by the way, slight um, slight pedant thing here, but I have to do this when you do get these things wrong. Sam Hutchinson was technically three spells at Sheffield Wednesday because he was initially on loan, then came back as a permanent, then left and then came back. So you know, I have to do these, Mr Journalist, uh, when, you, um, when, you, when you make these errors. Um, right, significant thing for me was that Wednesday obviously played a system of three at the back last season. And settled that wasn't from the very start of the season, but settled on it relatively early on. But you got the impression that that, that Darren Moore was kind of saying, "I'm having to play this system because of the players that we've got." Not, I've chosen to play the system. Um, it was more the circumstances around the players that we have. We talk about this idea of a cobbled together squad. That you know, that isn't us saying it was a bad squad. It was an unbalanced squad. We also know that Darren Moore previously has very much favoured a fourth. 2-3-1 system I think that's what he played at Doncaster and found great success with it um, and I don't know if it's what he played at West Brom but but we know that that is his favoured system wasn't able to make it work with the players that we have at, at Sheffield Wednesday in the season just gone um, nor in the season before that really so that that leans me to think right is Darren Moore now going right okay that we, we put there's a full stop there after last season now I want to play the system that I want to play and we've got to bring the players in to be able to make that work now. I always felt last season that playing three at the back was something I don't think he particularly liked doing. I don't think it was what he wanted to do. It was almost like a, what choice have I got? Because this is yeah, this is the squad that, that I've been dealt and it's just not balanced enough to be able to play the system that, that I want. So I'm interested it was almost as if he stumbled into it. Yeah, I, I think he did. He, it, that was it. It was a Bolton match. That was it. And it was a huge turning point in Wednesday season when yeah, he felt they had no choice but to go to the back three with the amount of injuries that, that Wednesday had. But yeah, I, I'm totally with you in that I don't think that that was the system that Darren Moore wanted to play at all. But with the personnel that Wednesday had for most of last season, I think it was the right way to go. And the proof is in the pudding that, you know, Wednesday won, what, 14 of the last 20 matches or so. And, you know, there were some great performances. And, and you know, you said at the top that, you know, when you're looking at the end of the season review, yeah, it's hard to get past losing to Sunderland in the playoffs. But... 
the home form, the amount of goals Wednesday scored at Hillsborough, uh, you know, some of the performances that they put in, they were outstanding. And it does give you hope for the future that you look at the players that Darren Moore still got left and if they can bring in, you're looking at eight players maybe, a lot depends, you know, I mean, going on to the rest of the retain list, a lot depends, doesn't it, on the four players who've been offered new deals. Joe Wildsmith, Jack Hunt, Massimo Luongo, Nathaniel Mendes-Lang. If all four of them turn around and stay, then you know, Wednesday are not going to have to recruit as many players. Should, say, two, three of them go, then it's looking close to a, a rebuild akin to last year isn't it of where Wednesday brought 14 players it was in between July and August you know Wednesday I would say if those four don't remain they're going to need eight to ten new players at least Um, and and that's I suppose also going to be dependent on Darren Moore might have his own ideas on who's going to promote from the academy in you know Ryan Galvin and Alex Hunt are they going to be ready Step up, um, yeah. David Agbon to Homo. You know that these are decisions that Darren Moore is going to have to very, you know, you know, quickly make, isn't he? Um, I, 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 got, I mean, the only other point I would say is that the side of Berahino, I was maybe a, a, a slightly surprised at that one. Um, not not as much as I was maybe about. Hutchinson, but Berahino. When you look at the last few months of the season, you know, he ended up with eight goals and and a few assists there. Uh, I, I thought it was maybe a third or fourth choice option. Berahino might have been worth you know, persevering with, but to me, you know, Darren Moore in the players he's released in Dunkley, Hutchinson, Berahino, that to me suggests he wants to go down. What you were saying before the lowering the average age of the squad and a younger field. To yeah. this Sheffield Wednesday team, I can't argue with that. I, I think um, I think we part company with Shea Dunkley with you know a, a, a polite handshake. Um, I think he's shown moments where you kind of think, all right, there's a player in there, but they were potentially kind of fewer and further between than, than you would want to to see. I, I've I've watched him a few times and just felt he's a little bit wobbly, um, so I'm, I'm not. I'm not surprised by um, Dunkley moving I, on. I don't think many defenders, centre halves, have been described as a little bit wobbly. Just a bit, just a little bit, a little bit wobbly. Um, Berahino, I, I, yeah, again, I wasn't particularly surprised, and, and uh, potentially, it's nothing against any of these players, but I kind of wanted to see it happen because I, I wanted to see this kind of rebuild. I think as, as, as a Wednesday fan base, we've got this, this really bad kind of thing of, of living in the past a bit and wanting to cling on to former glories. And, and Hutchinson kind of personifies that because, you know, we associate him with a period which ultimately didn't, you know, we didn't achieve what we wanted to do, which was promotion to the Premier League. But, you know, good, good days, good times when we look back on, on, on those, particularly, you know, compared to now. So um, we do want to cling on to that a little bit. But he, he is... Yeah, he's past his best. It's got to be said. He's past his best. As is Barry Hino, really. You know, his his heyday was a was a while back when he was linked with big money moves in the in the Premier League. So it, it is. It's time now. It's time for us to move on from from those from those things, and it is time for us to build a young squad that you know. Hopefully, I want to see some players starting the first game of the season, whenever it is, at the back end of July that I don't really know much about, who are players that Darren Moore and, and, and you know, whoever's involved in the in the, the, the the recruitment operation at Sheffield Wednesday at the moment, and I, I guess there's something in there that we probably need to touch on at some point during this podcast, um, that, that, you know, they've, they've been out and spotted these players and maybe they're at League 2 level at the moment, but they've shown there's something there. Maybe they're playing elsewhere in League 1. Maybe there's a, a, a two or three really good Premier League loans that can really complement what, what, we're, what we're looking to do. But what I want to see is a side that's quite exciting that's playing a system that everyone understands everyone is a round peg in a round hole um or more or less and that you also think do you know what if this squad goes up there's a good nucleus of a team there that can compete in the championship as well after a season of playing together because we can't do a rebuild every year and yeah last year was enforced this year is necessary 
but then we can't we can't have to go through another rebuild in 12 months time so we've got to bring in players with with a thought over the next two three years and also with a thought towards whether or not all right these are players that are going to be able to compete in the championship if we if we get promoted so we need long-termism not short-termism do you not think the difficulty is for Wednesday in that we want them to lower the average age of the squad and for the younger players to come through and hopefully some of the academy players will step up and do well next season that Darren Moore's going to be under huge pressure to get results you know the first 10 matches of the season can you imagine what it's going to be like if Sheffield Wednesday aren't inside that top six and so you know all eyes are going to be on Wednesday we know that you know they'll be one of the bookies favourites to get promoted on the back of what they've done this season and so recruiting young players it's all very well and good but they have to be of the right quality and they have to upgrade the team and so if they don't come in and do that then that's going to be to Sheffield Wednesday's detriment on the pitch, isn't it? And and so it, it's not going to be straightforward for Wednesday. You know, again, they have to pick the right characters and get mm. the right players in that improve this team. Uh, and so it's all very well. So sort of, we're looking to the future and we're talking about building for the long term, which is right, and that's what we want. But then in the here and now. Darren Moore knows to keep his job. He needs results. And he's and this team has got to be challenging for the top two. Right? Nothing yeah. else will will yeah, you know, as far as Wednesday fans, a lot of Wednesday fans are out there listening to us, you know, that's all Wednesday fans are going to be saying this summer is that they expect top two. And and, and so, it's fair, isn't it? it? it's it's right. It's a catch twenty two situation. Because really, you know, what I'm talking about, that kind of rebuild with an eye on the future, you you could well argue that necessitates saying, well, it might not be promotion next season. It might be a promotion of building. It might be a promotion. Of, it might be a season of finishing the top six. But actually, it might be there might be some difficult moments, but with um, some confidence that there's better times ahead when things do fall into place. And uh, a majority, maybe, of fans probably don't accept that, and and they're within their rights not to. Uh, it's difficult, isn't it? It's that balancing act between, you know, you, you could make an argument to say that what we should do this summer is go out and bring in players who've been there and done it in League One um, and build a squad that you think is uh, good enough to get you out of this, this league. And that's all that matters. That It's total short-termism in terms of build a team that can get you out of League One. Worry about the championship when you're in the championship. I'm saying something very different to that, which is I think we need to build something with an eye on the next two, three years at whatever level we're, we're playing at. Um, and those two don't really go together. So I guess you've got to find something that's in the middle whereby you maximise your chance of promotion, but without just building another kind of... I don't want to use the word aging because it sounds quite disrespectful, but you know, again, one of the older squads in the in the league where you've got that experience that you hope's enough to get you up. But it didn't work last season, so there's nothing to say that doing that again is is going to be the thing that that does work. You know, experience last season actually worked against us in that we were conceding the kind of goals. The, and how many times have we said this over the last two or three seasons, Dom, that you think, well, you know, we've got an experienced team there. They shouldn't be giving away goals like that. And yet they do. So it's like going down that route didn't work either. And, you know, we've got to talk about injuries. You know, I think that's another huge area that's got to change. And that um, the players that Wednesday get in, I go back to what I said before, of reliability. You know, they need robust League One footballers and you know they can't be having players that pick up these injuries and you know that absolutely hampered Wednesday. It's not an excuse that for Darren Moore and the team, but it did that you know the periods in November, December where you had Marvin Johnson and Callum Patterson filling in at the back, that can't happen again. And so that comes down to recruitment and so Wednesday have to recruit well and you know, do their background checks and make sure that they're bringing in players that are going to be able to handle the physicality and the rigours of League One and everything that it entails. Uh, and so it, it sort of comes down, doesn't it, now to James, of, of, of how many players do you think Wednesday need to get in this summer? Um so are we going on the basis that the, the four players have been offered contracts stay? 
Well, I mean, well, I suppose wider issue. Who do you think is going to stay out of those four before we then get down into the nitty gritty of? You know, I I, I, I kind of assumed before the, the the retain list came out that Joe Walsmith was going. It seemed to be kind of like a you know he'd said his goodbyes during that playoff um, game and that that was the expected. Thing. So I'm, I'm still kind of going on the assumption that he reckons it's now time for him to go and find, uh, you know, first team regular starter somewhere lower down and doesn't want to have another season sat on the bench. Having said all this, by the way, I think we need, I think we still need a new goalkeeper. Um, I'm, I'm, I, you know, maybe Cameron Dawson could be number one, but we're certainly going to need someone to be challenging. And actually, I would rather us bring in a convincing new first choice goalkeeper. Very easily said because I imagine half the teams in this league are probably saying the the, the same sort of thing, um, uh, and that could be a lone goalkeeper. You know, it could be. We touched on the idea of what's his face MK Dons about. You know, maybe maybe you know going there, but we didn't get promoted, so you know maybe that one um, uh, is is one to put in the uh, would be nice pile. I don't know. Um, I mean, like the big the big deal is in defence, isn't it? Like that's where there's clearly a need. Actually, can argue the same for probably midfield and attack, but um, definitely defence. We've we've got huge gaps at the moment. I I, re- I really hope that Kieran Brennan um, is is in the fold next season. I think that we saw some good moments there, um, and that he he could step up. Who was the other guy that was it? Stop. Liam. Well, Liam uh, no, no, Liam Waldock's been released. All oh, right, okay. Uh, in in defence, there is only Dominic Iorfa and Kieran Brennan, and so you're right. I mean, there are plenty of gaps yeah. there that need. You know, and, and, and this it, depends and, on the system as well that we talked about yes, earlier, doesn't I was about it? To say that. So yeah. you you you're really saying at least two centre halves, probably three, unless there's someone else that's knocking around in kind of like the. The, the academy setup who's ready to make that that step up well, so the, well, the, the two from the academy are Brennan and then David Agbon to home who I've seen quite a lot for the under 23s and I like the look of right. but is he is he ready for no needs to go out alone for the season no, no I think really it should be Kieran Brennan who now at 22 and he played 15 16 times for, you know last season for Wednesday and then when he went out on loan so uh, if, to me, if Kieran Brennan isn't at least fourth choice, then he's another that Wednesday should just be loaning out. At his age, he has to be playing. There's no point him you know, sticking around at Sheffield Wednesday uh, you know, if he's not going to be in and around the first team, be in the squad a lot. Then yeah, I think that, you know, that to me suggests you know, he should be one that Wednesday um, should loan out. Totally agree. Can Jack, totally agree. Can, can Jack Hunt play at right back uh, at a very high level in a back four if Wednesday change formation? Or is he a wing back really these days? What do we think? Um, yeah, I mean, I, he, he's, he's, he's been there and done it. You know, he was, he was playing as a right... I don't know what system Bristol City played, but certainly, you know, in the Carlos days, he was, he was playing as a, as a full-back for... He played as a wing back a lot at Bristol City, okay. and so I'd say in the last few years it has been more at wing back, and he's, he's not getting any younger. But then you do need some experience, and you look at it on the right hand side. I, I I think it would be good if he did stick around, and then you've got Jack Hunt and Liam Palmer, and then you could say that that's an area that Wednesday, you know, that they don't need to look at. And you're right, centre half has to be. The absolute priority, and, and then you get to the left back. It's the same of where you know you're going through the whole team. You know, Wednesday's got lots of left-sided players, but have they actually got a natural left back? And how many times have we talked about that's been a problem position for Wednesday, really, since Morgan Fox left? Yeah. So uh, that is, is another thing department of the team that would have to be addressed. Yeah. You know, you've got Jaden Brown, Marvin Johnson, but they haven't convinced yeah. at left back. Marvin Johnson did very well at wing back, and so this is where system, what formation Wednesday are going to play, it is important. Yeah, that it, there's clarity. It, it is, there. doesn't it? it, it you, if you're Darren Moore, you think it's a lot. It would be, it would make this whole thing a lot easier if you just concede and just go fine. We'll play through at the back again, because then you kind of like you've got a few players that you think well they could do that, but maybe wouldn't be able to fit into that. 
Um, so yeah, it, it, it is. It's almost like you're doing two separate lists here, aren't you? Because yeah. you're right. I think if you are, if you are going to play a back four, you. I think Jack Hunt would be fine in a back four, if I'm honest. Obviously, Liam Palmer is is fine, but yeah, the other side then is a bit of a worry, isn't it? And um, we, I don't, I don't think Jaden Brown convinced. I forgot that he existed, if I'm honest, until you mentioned him. Then um, maybe, maybe in the right system, he could step up. Um, and and there's only Darren Moore that really knows the answer to um, to that. Um, midfield obviously is, is kind of generally been the area over the last few seasons where we've kind of had our riches haven't we so um, obviously Barry Bannon uh, we're, we're, we're hoping that Massimo Luongo sticks around um, I think he definitely makes a difference in there um, and obviously in George Byers they kind of settled quite well as a, as a midfield three um, again you know very kind of reliant on that system being played and if that changes if it does become uh, a two and a three then obviously things change a bit there uh, it might be something else might want to play a four across the midfield who knows um but but kind of yeah, it's definitely something that still needs looking at isn't it um and then what do we do in 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 attack because you you know where does nathaniel mendez lang if he stays where does he fit into whatever formation we're playing you probably need another player in there don't you who can score goals we can't be relying on lee gregory again um so yes yeah, someone else who can score goals and a little bit of flair i think we've we we, we missed didn't we like it never felt having nathaniel mendez lang on the bench was probably about as flary as it as it as it got so someone whether they're a starter or or, or whoever maybe a couple of players who are just exciting who are not scared to try to take on the opposition and we can start you know taking the game to who we're playing rather than just being a little bit reactionary so i don't know how many players was in there i i, I mean that is probably maybe seven or eight new players potentially that you've got to bring in to feel like you've got a more complete squad. Going back to defence, would you have Harley Dean and Lewis Gibson back? Would you have either of them back? I quite liked what I saw of Gibson. Um, so it, it would be I wouldn't be opposed to that idea. I don't think he ever really got a fair crack of the whip. Uh, I think we saw enough to kind of think, yeah, there's a there's a there's a decent player in there. Harley Dean's an interesting one, isn't he? Because you know he is undoubtedly a good player. I think, arguably, when everyone's fit, he would have been one of the first choice defenders last season. Um, he's played at a, a high level and and played very well at a high level. But then it's the same argument as as before, isn't it? Which is, you know, is he past the best of his career now? You know, is he on the way back down the other side of that of that hill? Um, and he's not going to come cheap, you know. He's he's going to he's going to be used to a certain kind of wage, and if we can't provide that, maybe other clubs will. So it's a difficult one. That I do, I'm not sure. I know what the answer is. If if money isn't a problem, I think there's a good couple of years of of Harley Dean still being a quality defender left at this level. I think he'd be a really good option to 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 bring in. Um, and this is not about building an entirely young squad it's it's got to have some experience in there you've got to get the blend right although you you, you do end up you know whoever it was that famously said you don't win anything with kids but then did win something with kids um but yeah you've, you've got to get that blend right um so three or four you know older heads barry bannon's obviously you know we hope will be at the center of that massimo luongo falls into that category as well doesn't he lee gregory probably does but you also need it in the back as well they do, and yeah, we saw enough from uh, you know, Harley Dean and what he contributed to the matches that he was available for that you could see that at League One level that I think he's a good player and it's that experience. He's, he's a very vocal player on, on the pitch too and really likeable in the, in, you know, the dressing room. You, know, you could tell that he was a popular figure too. So I, if there was a deal that could be done with Harley Dean, yeah, I, I think that that one... Would be one that you know Wednesday sh- you know should try to pursue, and I think he probably would be interested in coming back to Wednesday. Um, Jordan's story, you know, I'm, I just don't think that that's going to be realistic, is it? That you know, if Preston are going to want a big fee for him, you know, that's the you know you look at story, and on the whole, he was really good at Wednesday, wasn't he? But uh, you know, are Preston going to be prepared 
to sell him and I don't see Wednesday spending loads of money I still think that it's going to be mainly three transfers and loans that yeah. they're going to be targeting and and you know, I know that there'll be a lot of Wednesday fans who would love Jordan Story to come back I, I, right now though I just don't think it's necessarily going to happen and Preston are going to have a look at him uh, in pre-season and so out of the, the loan defenders that Wednesday had last year I look at it and think that Gibson and Harley Dean, they're more likely than what Jordan Story is yeah. at this present time. Uh, but you, uh, you're right. But the rest of the team, midfield, central midfield, I think they're well stocked. You know, if, if Longo stays, they've got five options there. And so five yeah. options to play either system, that's, that's for me, great. And then just, it's, just, just it's centre-half and out wide, isn't it? A, a word on central midfield. Um, Alex Hunt obviously had a very strange season last season. Went to Grimsby, and that seemed to go really, really, really well. Um, and um, they—I mean—they started the season brilliantly, didn't they, Grimsby? And then it kind of faded a bit. But, but they're in with a real good shout in the in the playoffs now. Uh, but that seemed to be a really successful loan spell. Uh, and then we sent him to Oldham to kind of step up a level. And that—that uh, you know, that was a tough assignment. That because that's a club in 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 just such a terrible terrible situation um you know they went down and he wasn't he didn't play very much particularly towards the back end of the season it was appearances off the bench he wasn't a regular starter in that in that side um and i don't think it was a particularly successful loan spell that uh, uh, oldham I, I i where do you stand on alex hunt you know is is he's really at that age now whereby you know season out on loan playing at a couple of different levels he should be coming back and really staking a claim now to be in the fold in with a chance of a starting place and it doesn't it doesn't really feel like that and I wonder whether or not it, it's there's decisions to be made there isn't there about you know is is this guy really going to be able to cut it now at this level yeah I, he's one of those that I think there's a huge question mark over his over his future at Wednesday, and yeah, he's got another year left on his contract. But the reality is that I, he doesn't get into Wednesday's strongest and best eleven. He doesn't, and so if he's looking for regular game time, I think he'll struggle at Sheffield Wednesday. And um, if you play Alex Hunt too, you know you then have the debate over have Wednesday got enough physicality in midfield or is it too lightweight you know I think that that's what fans would look at uh, you know, imagine if you know Luongo goes and then it's a midfield three of Alex Hunt George Byers and Barry Bannon it, it's it's quite small isn't it and I, and I do think that there are some matches where you have to be able to match the physicality and, and, of, and what your opponent throws at you and so that for me, is a concern, um, and you, you know, you look at you know, Fizeo Dele Bashiru is a big unit already. You know, he's a great athlete, and I, I, I think that Dele Bashiru and Dennis Adenaran are at, at the points in their career they're better bets than what Alex Hunt are. Mm. You know, that's sort of how I feel of it. You know, it. It's tough. You know, you really want Alex Hunt to do well. You know, he is a you know a Wednesday fan, and he's come through the ranks. Um, but I'm not sure he's kicked on no. as much as we would have liked in the last few years. And those two loan spells last year, I don't know how much really they will have benefited him in his career. He's another one. He's, he's going to have to come back in for pre-season. He's got a point to prove, hasn't he? Uh, but there'll be a few of them in yeah, that camp. Uh, you kind of want him... You wanted him to be the shining light of a terrible you know, second half of the season for Oldham, really, didn't you? you? You wanted them to be kind of saying, yeah, it's been dreadful, but you know what... You know, Alex Hunt was great, and he, and he wasn't even starting games. And that's with John Sheridan, who I'm sure you know we all kind of romanticise about the the Wednesday link there. That you kind of think, well, he's going to be really kind of wanting this guy to do well, and it, and it just didn't really happen. You know, I mean, the elephant in the room to this conversation that we're having, you know, we're talking about the players that we know of because we know of them. You know, we what what I want to see really is a start in the season with probably three or four at least players uh, who are involved in that in that squad who we've we, we don't know who they are right now because it needs that fresh blood doesn't it so you're right you know I think I think if Luongo doesn't stick around honestly I'd be disappointed if it was Alex Hunt that came into that position because I'd want to see someone new in, in, in brought in to, to do that same at centre-half you know I think you know we need to see some new fresh 
uh, blood brought in. Similarly, you know, who, whoever it is that's whether whether we you know whatever system we play, if we are playing someone alongside Gregory or however that that works, you want to see someone new. I want it to be not someone that we've talked about on this podcast because that's what we need. We need those new, fresh players that are coming in that are getting us all a little bit excited. So um, that, by association, probably means that I lean slightly towards these players that you're a bit like, mm, maybe, maybe not. Probably is time to move on. And, and, and sadly, that maybe means, you know, Alex Hunt, if you know, if he comes back in, in pre-season and, 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 and looks, you know, absolutely um, right up there and ready to be starting at this level, fair enough. But from the evidence that's kind of there put in front of us, you do kind of wonder whether or not maybe it is time for him to move on. What are your thoughts, James, on someone who we haven't talked about, Josh Winness, the interest in him that we've seen this yeah, week? Blimey, I, I, I honestly, I'd, I'd kind of forgotten about Josh Windass, to be honest. Um, this, this is tricky, isn't it? Because we don't have a huge amount of, of, of kind of saleable assets at this at this club. If someone's coming in and there's a, a decent offer on the table, we would be silly to not at least consider it because we know that cash flow is a as it is for most football clubs right now, cash flow is a is a, a problem. Um and that you know for, for Darren Moore to have a little bit more to, to play with and potentially be able to you know go out and, and maybe even bring in someone for a fee is is not going to be a bad thing what we also know is that you know Josh Windass at this level showed last season moments of absolute brilliance didn't he so that's that's a tricky one I think we've got to just look at what's on the table if there is something there and make a very grown-up decision about it and um you know, it, it was it ultimately wasn't a great season, was it for Josh Windass? We'd have to say, you know, he, he scored some some big goals um, and put in some good good performances, but he had real issues with injuries last season. Um, and yeah, I, I that would be my thoughts on it: is to be quite pragmatic, to be quite grown up, and and to really go. What we don't need is Chancery going. I'm not selling my players because they're my players, as if it's an insult. He's got to look at, at what's at what's there, and if it's good business, do it. And to be fair to the chairman, you know he's spoken to the media you know, in the last week or so since the end of the season, and he said that if Wednesday do get good offers that they can't refuse that come in for players, that Wednesday will look at it and they will weigh everything up, and that's what they have to be. If Wednesday get an offer that is too good to turn down for Josh Windass, then they have to take it. You know, Windass is in the last year of his contract, and if you get good money for him then it might mean that that can be reinvested back into the team. And so Darren Moore could then get two or three players in uh, you know, to strengthen other areas of the squad. And the, the, the fact is, how many times have we talked about it where you know, Wednesday they have held on to players for too long? They've yeah. let players run down their contracts. You know, that has been, I, I would say, a bit of a stigma of the De Ponchancieri era hasn't it really that you know we've just seen it year after year that Wednesday've you know, let players who they've paid good money go for nothing and they haven't cashed in on them always when the, the interest has been there or the offers have been on the table and so if it's Windass if it's Barry Bannon whoever it is Alex Hunt Cameron Dawson you know you, you go back to saleable assets Cameron Dawson's put himself in the shop window and so if he's not going to be the first choice goalkeeper for Sheffield Wednesday next season, then I think Wednesday will have to look at that situation too, of where if you can sell Cameron Dawson and make some money, yeah, you might have to then end up getting two goalkeepers in. We don't know what's going to happen with Joe Wildsmith just yet. Then so be it. You've got to do what's in the best interest of the football club. And so you've, it, there's trading in football. And Wednesday have for years been buying and the focus has been on buying not selling yeah. and and this football club you said the phrase they're grown up they have to be grown up with their decisions this summer and you know I, we all, you know and what gives you hope is that the recruitment last year was strong and so if they can re- replicate that this time around then to give themselves the great you know a great chance i think of, of being in the mix next season i i want to ask you a moment um 
about about the goalkeeper situation and 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 you know who who you think you know, do do we have a potential number one at the at the at the club already? Um, but but just on that subject of recruitment, and I kind of hope this would be a name that we never really have to talk about uh, again. But it is a name that's cropped up again. Amadou Paxo, um back back involved in some way or another. What's your kind of take on 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 that? Well, I don't think he he went away for a period last season. Um, for sort of for personal reasons, um, but you know he has been a personal advisor to the chairman for the seven years that he's been at the football club, and that's not going to change. And yeah, I, I think that um, you know there were some concerns when the, I think there was a report ten days or so ago saying that you know he's now going to be you know running the show almost again, or that he's going to be you know really well involved in recruitment and I don't think that's the case at all and we saw it last year that it was it was Darren Moore and D- David Downs the head of recruitment they led recruitment and yeah, <laughs> so I'm not expecting you know Amadou Paxel to be uh, you know, calling all the shots. I you know, that's not going to be the case but you know he's he's part of the recruitment process that Wednesday have and under Dave Ponchanceri there's no sign of that's going to change and so you know, I'm afraid people really have to accept that and uh, you know, he's coming for a lot of criticism down the years but you know, Chanceri's pointed out that some of the success stories on the recruitment front he's actually also been involved in heavily as Amadou Paxau and so you know, he's, he's someone that will always divide opinion um, and uh, yeah, that's you know, really where you know I stand with it and we're going to judge Wednesday on where they are in 12 months aren't we James you know, like, that's what it's going to boil down to and you know, um, Wednesday need to get out of this league um, but it's not going to get any easier with the teams that are in there it's mm. going to be tough it's going to be difficult and so it makes recruitment it, it is it's so vital for football clubs and Wednesday have to get a lot more right than what they get wrong this summer just on I said I'd ask you about goalkeepers as well Cameron Dawson do you, do you think he's a number I mean he, for a while he was number one in the championship we're now talking about league one level clearly had a good season last season is he a, a slightly tainted goods with Wednesday fans is, is, is the time now that Maybe he needs a fresh break. I think it might be. Yeah, uh, I, I, I'd love to see Cameron Dawson after the season he's just had get a opportunity to show what he can do at Sheffield Wednesday. I'm just not sure he's going to get it. Um, and I, I think he, you know, has proven that he, he should be a number one. Uh, I've, you know, at a League One club, League Two club, that you know he was. A, you know, top performer for Exeter. You know, he played a major part in them finishing second, and so, you know, I, I think that you know, Darren Moore has to quickly establish is Cameron Dawson his number one, and then if he's not, then you know, I think Wednesday, the, the difficulty will be trying to get him off the books when he's got two years left on his contract. And so will Wednesday get a lot of offers for Cameron Dawson? It might be that they'd have to loan him out again which I don't think would be ideal really you know it doesn't change the situation you know Cameron Dawson would still be coming back to you know Sheffield Wednesday after that loan and so it's a a tricky one but if you're going to cash in as a football club if you're going to look to sell a player then you you look at Cameron Dawson you think now's the time to do it Mm. his stock couldn't be any higher than what it is right now and his market value he's 26 he's a good age he's only going to get better with the more experience he gets you know there are those arguments and so yeah I I, I just think my gut, my gut instinct tells me that Cameron Dawson's not going to be the number one at Sheffield Wednesday come the start of the season which of course leads us to a situation where it's like we Potentially need two new goalkeepers. Certainly need a new. Potentially number one, two. Is, certainly one. Yeah. Um, 
which is difficult. We touched earlier about maybe it is a loan signing for the season again, uh, which is contradictory for what I said about building for the long term. But I think goalkeeper is one of those positions where you can kind of get away with just just get someone in for the season that does the job and, and keep an eye out for who the the long term solution to that um, to that is. So yeah, we'll have to we'll have to see. Um, I mean, I, I guess I guess we're about ready to wrap this up. Anything else that we kind of need to touch on and talk about? I'm, I'm not sure if there's anything else kind of going on at the moment. Uh, no, at the moment, um, you know, Wednesday getting linked with a few players. Uh, I don't think there's anything close yet. The transfer window doesn't officially open until June the 10th. Um, and for me, I just want to see Wednesday try and get as many players as they possibly can that are of the right quality. Um, early on for pre-season I think it could make a huge difference that and yep. you know, Darren Moore needs to work with a lot of the players that are then going to be leading you know in going into battle for Sheffield Wednesday come start of next season and so yep. yeah you know Wednesday have to work swiftly and they have to work well yeah Let's just touch on as well the fact that I think most fans know this, but it's quite a compressed pre-season, isn't it? Because of the World Cup in Qatar um, during the winter means that, and actually we don't have a break in in League One. We carry on playing right right through that that World Cup, but it does mean that seasons starting a week or two earlier than they would do normally, which obviously means pre-season everything's kind of brought forward a little bit. So there's only really kind of another two or three weeks of downtime, um, maybe three or four weeks of downtime before you start seeing players coming back in for pre-season. Um, and pre-season friendly was fo- will follow quite quickly, won't they? So it's just worth bearing in mind the fact that normally we're used to having pr- perhaps a lazy couple of months with nothing really happening. It's only really a month this time, isn't it, before things are going to be kicking off again? Yeah, exactly. That's it. You know, friendlies will be back early July. The players are in for pre-season training. I think it's the third or fourth week of June, you know, around that sort of period. Uh, and so everything's been brought forward. And then the season gets underway end of July. And, and so, yeah, that's it. Time is of the essence. And that's why, you know, Wednesday... Uh, as I said before, that you know, they are going to have to get the skates on, and I know that a lot of planning's already gone. You know, and that Wednesday, you know, Chancery said himself that they made two lists uh, of transfer targets based on them getting into the championship or still being in League One, and so uh, you know the the calls have, will have gone in, and they will have done their due diligence on targets. You know, I have no doubt that you know the groundwork you know will have been. You know, laid there, and so it's now for Wednesday to go out and do the business. Cool. Well, thank you very much, um, Dom. And just want to take this opportunity as well to say a huge, huge, huge thank you um, to Ollie and Taito Law um, solicitors who, uh, without their support, we probably wouldn't be here doing this uh, right now. Um, and Ollie and his team have been fantastic right through the season um, in, in making all this um, possible. If you don't know much about what Taito Law solicitors do, um, and it is, yeah, it's the kind of thing you don't kind of think, ah, I could really do with a solicitor. To Today, you know, you do have to find yourself in in certain kind of positions that you um, that you do. But um, you know, they really do make this possible. Ollie is a big, big Wednesday fan, so you know, I implore you to please, you know, follow them on the socials, get involved, um, and and show your support to uh, a brilliant organisation. Titolaw.co.uk is the website, and you can find them on the socials at Titolaw, um, and um, loads of offers and stuff for Wednesday fans as well. So big, big thank you to Ollie uh, and to his team for their support and making this happen. Right on Twitter, Dom is at Domhausen. I. I'm at James Marriott. And of course, the show is at Dom and James. Uh, you can find us on other places as well, Facebook and YouTube uh, and other things like that. If you just search for Singing the Blues, there's loads of links as well in the um, show notes for this episode. And you can find it all on our website as well. Thank you for listening. Have a great summer. Up the owls. And we'll see you in a few weeks. <laughs>